New laws have been enacted in Illinois and other states mandating what can and can't be taught in history and social studies classes. That raises the question, has social studies education become too politicized? It's politicized, but the older approaches of teaching social studies were also politicized. We'll talk with one of Illinois' leading experts in the field of education on this edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. If you have a child in school today, or even if you don't, you probably know there's been a lot in the news about the way history and social studies are being taught. Here in Illinois, the General Assembly and Governor J.B. Pritzker have enacted new laws requiring more equity and inclusion in those classes. Most recently, Pritzker signed a bill requiring the teaching of Asian American history. They've also enacted laws putting more detail into what has to be taught about black history and requirements that students be taught about the contributions of LGBTQ individuals in American society. At the other end of the spectrum, many other states have passed laws or at least debated legislation prohibiting the teaching of something called critical race theory. That's a particular field that starts with the premise that a person's race determines what happens in almost every other facet of their lives, and that most often the disparities work to the advantage of white people and the disadvantage of people of color. Here to talk about some of these issues is Professor Jim Wolfinger, Dean of the College of Education at Illinois State University in Normal, Illinois. He also has a background in social studies education himself. Jim, thank you for being here. Very good to be here. Thank you. So is, is this a new phenomenon, or has social studies education always been sort of politicized? When social studies education, uh, when we talk about it being politicized today, it has more to do with the kind of politics that we see in social studies education at this point, as opposed to being a new phenomenon. Um, social studies educators have always debated what's the purpose of social studies education. Uh, and older politics around it focused on patriotism, on understanding America, the United States as leader in the world. Uh, and now we often take a more critical perspective on America's past. It's politicized, but the older approaches to teaching social studies were also politicized. Okay, when you think about the changes here in Illinois, um, is it a fair criticism to say that the field of education has been slow to make changes on its own? And if so, what's been the holdup? I think it's not so much slow to make the changes as it is that the changes are contested. We have different political viewpoints on why we should teach social studies, what we should emphasize, uh, and different constituency groups make arguments to their state legislators or to the State Board of Education or other um, state units that say we should emphasize, for example, as you were highlighting your open, uh, more about African-American history, more about the LGBTQ experience, more about Asian-American history. And other people want a more traditional approach to what we teach in the schools. So these things are always contested and they take a long time to play out. Um, for some people, that long time is too slow, and for others, they think that's a deliberative process to decide what we should be doing in our schools. 
Okay. Um, do you have any concern about the fact that these mandates are coming out of state legislatures, out of politicians, rather than out of academia or state boards of education? You would hope that these changes would be part of a collaborative process between what we do at universities, what the state board of education says is important based on state standards, based on national standards, and then what legislators are hearing from their constituents matter in people's communities. So how do we come together to make those decisions? You need that academic expertise from higher education, from experienced teachers and so on, but you also wanna have uh, the State Board of Education understanding the national lay of the land. What is it that uh, the National Council for Social Studies, as an example, is emphasizing that we should be teaching in our, um, in our classrooms? And then at the same time, there are local contexts. So how is it that communities get involved and often that's through the political process. So when these things play out best and they have the most consensus, it tends to be when the three groups are able to work hand in hand and arrive at new, uh, new curricula that we wanna introduce to the schools. Okay, I wanna get back to the controversy over critical race theory, which is something I didn't even know about until long after college. Um, is this a real issue in social studies or is this just kind of a political red herring? I think a lot of it has become politicized. Um, critical race theory came out of really legal scholarship dating back to the 1970s. And what it came from was an effort to explain racial disparities in American society. When you look at income and wealth statistics, you look at educational attainment, you look at health, um, you look at job opportunities and so on and so on, and you continue to see racial disparities in the United States, the question becomes, well, why are those disparities there? And if you went back before um, kind of the modern civil rights movement, you go back to the early 1900s, for example, most scholars, especially white mainstream scholars, would have said, well, the problem is not with society, it's with either individuals, meaning African-Americans themselves, uh, which is obviously a very racist approach, or there are differences in the cultures within communities in the United States that have made African-Americans, specifically in this case, um, that have made them less uh, viable in American society. And what critical race theory wanted to do was to turn that argument on its head and say, if the society is deeply flawed and premised on white supremacy, then what does that mean for why we see these disparities? And that's become a more and more pervasive view among social scientists, historians, political scientists, and so on, who they may not buy every tenet of critical race theory, but they say, Going back to 1619 and the famous 1619 project in the New York Times, looking back far enough to say, if this country was built on slavery, was built on uh, Jim Crow, was built on legal discrimination, then what is it that we do to overcome those disparities? And have we invested enough in having a more equal and democratic society? So critical race theory is really an academic theory in many ways that critically analyzes America's past. And by doing so, that often can create political conflict. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. 
Okay, you know, it seems like in the early days of the Republic, one of the core purposes of public education was to produce citizens. Since about the 1970s or 1980s, I think there's been a lot more focus on providing job training skills, employment skills, uh, you know, producing employable citizens. Uh, in that process, has social studies kind of taken a back seat? Is it given less emphasis now than maybe it deserves? That's a great question. And I, I think most historians and social studies teachers would say that that is definitely true. Um, often social studies is kind of last thing that students sign up for. It's seen as an add-on in some schools. Uh, and often it's seen as a place to reinforce what is emphasized in, um, in writing in literature courses, English courses. Um, part of it is that as American society, as we have felt kind of the constricting of the middle class and the ability for people to be able to rise in society, needing to do that through education, we've emphasized more and more the need for technical skills that might be writing and reading, but that also has meant math, computer sciences, uh, when you get to the college level, uh, business degree, those kinds of things. And the broader study of the humanities and social sciences is not seen as a pathway directly to employment. So that's often led uh, to a devaluing of, um, of the social studies. The other push that you've seen in the last couple of generations in schools has been around high stakes testing. And in some ways it's easier to test math and English, which is what we focused on going back to No Child Left Behind as an example, uh, than it is to test social studies. And schools understand that their test scores matter a great deal so administrators and teachers are under a lot of pressure to emphasize English and math as opposed to the social studies. Well, and do you think that that de-emphasizing of social studies, has that had any sort of long-term effect on society? Um, we live in an age now where a common criticism is that we don't share a common understanding of our own past. We don't share a common understanding of what government is supposed to be doing. Um, is do you think that's partially a result of de-emphasizing that kind of education? Yeah, I mean, we think about civics education or political science more broadly. We think about U.S. history as, as two kind of core examples of what you're talking about, which is how do we engage with each other in a society? Um, now, what I would say is that we do have a bit of a kind of a golden era thinking about how we used to teach US history and civics and so on. And there were lots of communities that didn't feel like their story was captured, whether it was African-American or immigrant communities, uh, working class communities in steel mill towns and coal mining towns and so on, that being taught just about the presidents and the US Congress didn't really tell them much about their lived experience in the United States. So what's happened in the last two to three generations is that we have focused more on a pluralistic view of America's past. I mean, how do we talk about women, African-Americans, immigrants, workers, and so on? And that in some ways has kind of fractured how we think about the social studies and what does it mean to be a citizen in the United States? How do we engage as citizens? Is citizenship about 
a patriotic lauding of America's past, or is citizenship about a critical engagement with the society and its social structures? And there are a lot of people who would say it could be both, right? We should take pride in, in some of the things about American democracy and um, economic growth and pulling so many people in the middle class, while at the same time saying it has been an uneven past for many people, and how do we make this a more perfect union? So in the end, social studies is by nature a very contested field of study, and a lot of it has to do with who's getting to make the decisions about what gets studied, by whom, and who's doing the teaching. Okay, well, we're going to leave it there for this week. That'll do it for this week on Capital Cast. Our guest, Jim Wolfinger, Dean of the College of Education at Illinois State University. Thank you for being here. Great. Thanks for having me. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying stay safe and thank you for listening. <laughs>